Oh, you know what? I'm so excited about tonight, guys. I'm excited, I'm fired up, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> yes. You know, I was so, so I got this, I'm, I'm a percussionist holding the guitar, you know, when I'm uh, on the worship platform, blessed to be on the worship platform. And I, I get this spot on my forearm where I bleed sometimes because I strum the guitar too hard. And somebody asked me about it recently. I said, you know what? I would rather strum too hard for Jesus than not hard enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, tonight, you guys, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the word God gave me for tonight. You guys ever have those moments in God's presence? You know, we can have our, our plan, our agenda, our to-do list, but God, you spend a moment with him and he changes everything. <laughs> that happened to me as I was preparing and getting ready for tonight, the service tonight. God spoke a word to me in season. It was a word I needed. And God spoke to me and said, that's for us tonight, that there are people in this room that need to hear this word. And as we were worshiping, the theme of the word God gave me just was God wove it throughout the entire uh, just song set. Now, it was just, you see God at work. You see the Holy Spirit at work. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians, book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. When you get there, say, I'm there. Galatians 6, 9. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Galatia here. He said, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. God spoke two words to me for us tonight, and that's keep going. Keep going. I believe there are people in this room right now that have been going through a valley season. You feel like you've been just bombarded on all sides. The cares of this world, the worries of this world, things hitting you from all sides, relationships, struggles at work, struggles in the family. I believe there are people in here tonight that are even close to abandoning their relationship with God. Maybe, maybe even unconsciously, just slowly drifting, little by little. And God is reminding you tonight to keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. You may be, even, you may be in this room tonight. You may have even had suicidal thoughts. And I believe what Pastor Ryan spoke, I, I believe that's broken right now in this room tonight, in Jesus' name, and God is reminding you to keep going. As some of you guys know, um, this past Mother's Day, um, the day before Mother's Day, my mother passed away, suddenly, unexpectedly. And so when God spoke this word to me, it was a word I needed because my family and I were still dealing with what comes the, the aftermath of what comes with the loss of, of a loved one like that. And so it was a word I needed, but the message was loud and clear. There are people in this room that need to hear that tonight. God 
is reminding you that he loves you, that he has a good plan and purpose for you, and he wants you to keep going and keep pressing on in him. Amen? And so, you know, we all walk this thing out every day, right? We're all people. We're all imperfect people. And so I'm coming to you tonight. I think it was, it was so great what Pastor Ryan spoke. Let's get vulnerable in this room. Let's get real with each other. We don't have it all together, right? And so we need to lean on the one who does. Because he knows what we need to do in every season. And he's going to guide us. He's going to direct us. But all the while he's saying, keep going. Don't give up. Just like he spoke in the book of Galatians. So there are two things that we need to really lay hold of. If we're going to press on and we're going to keep going, especially through those valley seasons, two things that we really need to remember as we walk this thing out. And the first thing is we need to cultivate, if you're taking notes, cultivate an awareness, an importance, an attitude of importance of just staying in God's presence an awareness of God's presence. Tonight, you guys experience God's presence in this room. You guys experience the very manifest presence of the living God. So let's talk about God's presence a little bit. Throughout Scripture, throughout the canon of Scripture, you'll see examples of God's manifest presence. Now, God, theologically speaking, he's the three omnis. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But God is omnipresent. He has an omnipresence everywhere. God is everywhere at the same time. We can't wrap our finite brains around it, but that's, that's how it is. He's God. We're not. That's one of those things we're not necessarily supposed to understand, but just trust. Amen? But throughout Scripture, you'll see examples of God's manifest presence. So God is God, and he can choose to let his presence manifest in certain ways and in certain places at certain times, however he chooses. He's God. We see it when Moses encountered the burning bush in the wilderness. We see it in Acts chapter 2 as God the Holy Spirit flooded the temple, invaded the temple like a rushing wind. You see it in the Old Testament when God let his manifest presence reside over the, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament tabernacle. And so let's get this one thing straight before we dive any deeper. God is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. No matter where you're at in this room tonight, no matter maybe how low you're even feeling right now, God is with you. He's with you, and he's telling you to keep going. Genesis 28, 15, Deuteronomy 31, 6, 8, Joshua 1, 5. All these places in Scripture, and there's more. God says, I will never leave you or abandon you. And one I really want to key into as we talk about God's manifest presence. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6.
God says here, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Isn't that a beautiful scripture? I love how God connects money and a discontentment with stuff to confidence and fear. Let me read that again so you can see that. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. How many of you guys know the enemy is always trying to pull you away from that awareness that God is for you and he's always with you? The enemy's always trying to distract you from that fact. And he uses the stuff in life to do that. How many of you guys know Sometimes the stuff can get in the way of our relationship with God. Amen? The stuff, the cares, the worries, the material possessions, the stuff, the to-do lists, the calendars. And God connects that with confidence and fear. He connects that. Do I measure up? If you're more focused on the stuff and you lose that awareness of God's presence with you, you fall into those, those thought patterns. Do I measure up? Do I have enough? What if I don't have enough? So-and-so has this. What will people think if I don't have? You guys follow me? It's a dangerous road to go down. Stuff is not how God measures success in his kingdom. God doesn't measure success by the stuff you do have and do not have. Don't let the enemy distract you. God wants you walking in his love, his power, what he's made you to do. And so here's a heart check question, and I'm asking myself right now, you guys. Does your love and passion for God drive you or your desire for the stuff? It's a good inventory of the heart, isn't it? God wants you to be blessed. There's a blessing that comes with living for the Lord. There's a supernatural blessing when you put God first. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a blessing that comes with living for the Lord. But do you have the stuff or does the stuff have you? Are you content in your relationship with God and who God's made you to be in your walk with him if all that stuff wasn't there? Or do you find peace in some of that stuff? The enemy's always trying to use the things of this world to distract you. Even now in this place, the enemy will try to use the stuff, the cares, 
the worries, those things that you keep running in your mind. The enemy wants to use that to distract you from God's very presence in this place right now. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, God is there in the midst. The spirit of the living God is here right now, you guys. And it's not that there's anything special about this building. It's about the people in it, God's people, his people. But he's a good God, and he will bless you. But God doesn't give gifts, just like the gifts of the Spirit. God does not give gifts so that you can be seen and so that he can be known. It's important to remember to stay in an attitude of just staying in God's presence. An awareness. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Favorite scriptures, one of my life verses. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Time in God's presence refreshes you. God led me to the scripture in one of those seasons where he was reminding me to keep going. He reminded me that time in his presence refreshes me to keep going. Early on in uh, when I started in vocational ministry, full-time ministry, I had been at a church for about a year now. And uh, I, was a, I was a young pastor just getting started in worship ministry. And uh, my wife and I were renting a house out on the east side of the state. And uh, we got a phone call one day that the well, something was going on with the well in that house that we were renting out. And it was on the other side of the state. I couldn't easily just go over there and, and check things out. Not that I would even know what to do. I don't know anything about wells. Not really a handy man, you know what I'm saying? I could play a guitar, though. So I got that going for me. <laughs> but right around the same time, our car, our car kind of, something, something happens to it. It stops running or something's going on with it. And uh, the mechanic says it's going to cost quite a bit. I don't remember exactly what it was. But we couldn't drive it. And so we were told this well issue is, could cost thousands and, and this issue with the vehicle. And, you know, we, young family, we didn't have the funds to be able to do any of this. And, and it was one of those seasons where I just felt bombarded on all sides and I didn't know what to do. All I knew to do was uh, there was a park down the road from our house. And so I drove to this park. I had my Bible and I just walked out into the woods. I found a nice picnic table next to a creek, and I just, I just sat down, and I just started crying and praying and seeking God and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. Please help me. How many of you guys know the enemy would use those situations to try and pull me from God, to try and get me wrapped up in the flesh? What can I do in the natural? What can I do? But I knew that the first thing that I needed to do was get with my God, and just seek encouragement and strength from him. That's what David did. 
And God led me to this scripture, and it ministered to me so much. I believe it's really going to speak to you tonight if you're in that place. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 19. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. God reminded me that even when things around me seem like they're crumbling and falling apart, that I can still rejoice in the God of my salvation. I can still have a joy that this world cannot explain. What a testimony, isn't it? That when everything around you is falling apart, yet you still have joy, a supernatural joy, and you have people coming up to you saying, what is different about you? What's going on? And that's your moment. It's all because of Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in me, I have a joy that this world can't explain. I have a peace that this world can't explain. And you know what that issue with the well and the vehicle, the well issue, I prayed about it and God provided. The well issue ended up not really being a big deal. It was a, a low-cost fix. And the, the, the vehicle, God provided the funds to fix that. And he came through. He always does. But the biggest provision, the biggest thing I walked away learning after that season, that situation, is that God will always have your back. He will always provide you with strength to keep going. The real provision was the peace that I found when I ran to my Father's presence. It's kind of like with our kids you know, I have, I have young kids, 11, 8, 5, and 4, and it's like my kids, when we go to the playground, my two younger ones, sometimes there's those things on the playground they can't quite reach. And they come to me and they say, hey, Daddy, can you help me up? We need to do that with our father, don't we? Daddy, I can't get up to that step. Can you help me? Daddy, I don't know what to do here. Would you handle this for me? Would you help me? Because I need to keep going. Psalm 56, 13. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence. O oh God, in your life-giving light. Psalm 68, 3, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with with joy. When you come to Christ, you are a walking, breathing carrier of the presence of the living God. God comes and he sets up residence in you. Keep going. The second point is we have to renew our minds. We have to renew our minds every day. Joyce Meyer says we got to get rid of our stinking thinking. <laughs> we struggle with stinking thinking sometimes, don't we? 
the a key thing to remember so as we walk out our Christianity, as we walk out our faith, a key component are the choices we make. The choices we make. Just as Jesus chose the cross, he chooses to love. When we wake up in the morning and say amen if you've been married for a while, the warm fuzzies of love, they go away, right? Sometimes we, we wake up and we have to choose to love every single day. We choose to love our spouse. We choose to love just like we choose to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a warm, fuzzy moment. It's an everyday choice. We choose to love. We choose to forgive. And because of those choices, as we walk out our faith, it's important to renew our mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that when we come to Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So how do we renew our mind? First and foremost, I'll say it and say it and say it. You've all heard it. But truth is truth, and truth should be spoken over and over and over again so that we don't forget. you got to stay in God's word. you got to stay in God's word. You have to feed yourself Every day in God's word. You might say, well, I'm not good at remembering scripture. You know what? I don't remember what I had for breakfast two weeks ago, but I do know that it nourished me that day. It provided me with the nourishment to keep going. And that's how God's word works. Every day you have to feed yourself. And I challenge you with this tonight because this is Wednesday. The Wednesday crew, come on. Feed yourself for more than just yourself. Because there's a world out there that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Meditate on God's word. Feed yourself with God's word. Meditate on it. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. That's a powerful scripture right there. I want to break that down a little bit. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. As you meditate on the Lord, as you stay your mind on God, the things of God, God will give you his perfect peace. Because he trusts you. Why do we stay our mind on God? Because we trust him. The nation of Israel, after the exodus, they were called out of Egypt. You know, we're finite people. We forget things really quickly, don't we? So many times throughout Scripture, the canon of the Old Testament, you'll see the nation of Israel setting up these, these altars, these places of remembrance. After God parts the Jordan River and the nation of Israel passes through on dry ground, they get to the other side, they set up this altar of remembrance. So I just encourage you guys, I encourage, I, I, I really encourage people to journal. Because so many times you can write something down that God did for you, a way that God came through for you, and you can look back on it years later because we forget. I've done it. I've opened up a journal and I've said, oh, wow, yeah, Lord, I remember when that happened. I forgot about that. And you do that. And you can look back and you can see time after time after time 
after time after time that God came through for you. You can think about it right now. I'm sure you can look back and remember those moments where you can say, oh, God, you were there for me. You pulled me through that. God, I should have been dead right there, but you brought me out of that. Lord, I don't know how I made it through that situation. How many of you guys can attest to that in this room tonight? Amen? Yeah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I love the book of Philippians. It's called the Epistle of Joy. The Apostle Paul wrote it from the Mamertine prison, a nasty place, a place you would never, ever want to be sentenced to. But because he was a Roman citizen, he was allowed to send and receive letters. And that's how we have the book of Philippians. And he, he references joy. He says joy. He talks about joy in the book of Philippians from the Mamertime nasty prison more than any other book that God used him to pen in the Bible. I love the book of Philippians. Chapter 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God's telling you to meditate on him, on his goodness, on the good things that he brings as we live for him. We got to get rid of this stinking thinking. We have to choose what patterns of thought we're going to camp on. And I'm right there with you guys. Worry is easy. Fear is a trap. God tells us to replace worry with prayer. And to replace that fear with faith. Instead of saying things or thinking things, I'm afraid that if I do this, this is going to happen. Or I'm afraid that this might happen. Instead, we stand on God's word and his promises and we say, my God will never leave me, will never abandon me. He's right here with me. And that out of any test can come a testimony, right? And my God says to keep going. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. And I love it here in the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So when you have those worries start to creep in, squash them. The Bible says to take every thought captive under the authority of Jesus Christ. When you have that worry start to creep in, you replace it with prayer. You replace it with prayer. God says, pray about everything. Oh, man, what if my car breaks down? No, 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 no. Lord, my car's not sounding so good right now, but I know you know what's going on. And so I just pray right now, Lord, would you handle that for me? And be ready, because God's provision is not always going to look the way you think it should look. When God comes through, a lot of times, my, my father-in-law father likes to say God's timing is 1159.59. Because <laughs> he's God and we're not, but he calls us to trust him and to know he's good. 
to start to wrap up. You know, the, the enemy wants you to live in a state of discouragement all the time. He wants you to live in a state of discouragement. The Greek word used in the New Testament for discouraged is tepainos. Everybody say tepainos. It literally means low to the ground. It signifies a low estate, a low position in power. It's interesting. You know, misery loves company. You guys have heard the expression, hurt people hurt people. My wife and I, we read a book to my kids every once in a while about filling people's buckets, being a bucket filler. Filling people's buckets with love. And when people have an empty bucket, they try to take from other people's buckets. It's a good book. I forgot what it's called. It's a good book. If you got kids, read it to them. Just look at bucket filler. Something like that. <laughs> but Genesis 3.15, a prophetic Scripture pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament. Genesis 3.15 says that the enemy, the serpent, will bruise the heel of Jesus, but that Jesus would bruise the head of the serpent. The enemy is always trying to bring you to that low position, but always remember your God has got it. Right? And so God is speaking this to you tonight to keep going, to put your foot down in the authority of Jesus Christ and declare God's goodness over whatever situation you're going through right now tonight. God is telling you to keep going. You cannot steer a car that is not moving, you cannot turn a ship that's not moving. I've heard past, I heard Pastor Dwayne say it a few weeks ago. You ever try to ride a bike, steer a bike that's not moving? It doesn't work. You fall over. God is telling you tonight to keep moving because he has designed you with a good plan and a good, a good purpose. And you have a father that loves you, loves you dearly. And all we need to do is look at the cross to know how much God loves us. Keep going in God's love. Keep going knowing you have a God that is with you. Keep going and changing the world around you for Christ. Keep going and being a light for Christ in your families. Keep going and being a light for Christ at work. Keep going and being a light for Christ in your schools. Keep going knowing that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We could all just close our heads, or bow our heads and close our eyes. I just want to wrap it up tonight. I believe God spoke this to my heart for a reason, that there are people in this place tonight that need to hear those two words to keep going. God will never leave you, never abandon you, and no matter what you're going through in this place tonight, no matter what the valley season is, no matter how deep that valley may seem, remember the fruit is grown in the valleys.
And God is reminding you tonight to keep going. I just want to ask before we go any further, if you're in here tonight and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, or if you're in this place tonight and you've fallen away from God and you want to rededicate your life right now in this place and say, God, I am yours. I'm done living the way I've been living. I want to live for you every day. I want to know the peace that comes from walking with you. The joy that comes from walking with you. If that's you in this place tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is between you and God, I want you to raise your hand nice and high. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being vulnerable. Let's all join with these as we pray. Father God, repeat after me. Father God, thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for me. And so right now, I acknowledge the price you paid. And right now, I ask Jesus Christ into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Help me to forgive others. And so right now, I declare with all my heart that I'm going to live for Jesus Christ every day. And that I'm a new creation that I'm made new, that I'm not the same person I was. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, God bless you guys.